0: Welcome to the Chronically Well podcast, episode nine. I'm Callie Dixon, your host, and today I am interviewing George Evans, online trainer and personal coach, who also happens to have cystic fibrosis.
1: You've had an amazing run. Don't ever forget that, but now you want another 20 years that are gonna be good. It's give yourself longevity pr- protect your protect your own future basically don't don't shoot yourself in the foot we've literally got one body why I, I've never understood why people are so happy to screw themselves over it's not.
0: George will be talking to us today about cystic fibrosis what it is how he's dealt with it how to move out of victimhood why men don't tend to talk about illness as much as women do, um, about how he believes you can change your life um, through some simple steps. So stick around to hear more from George. Hello, everyone. Um, I am To introduce you all to George. This is George Evans. He is a personal trainer and online coach from Brighton, England. Um, Also, he is a man with chronic illness and he has agreed to be on the podcast. So, thank you, George, for being here.
1: (laughs) You're more than welcome.
0: Um, So, the first thing I like to ask, because I don't like just kind of launching into chronic illness it's just sort of I don't know it's not (laughs) it's not as fun um how long have you been a personal trainer an online coach and kind of what brought you to these roles
1: got you so I've only actually been a personal trainer and coach since uh 23rd of July I got qualified um but oh wow yeah not long at all but um to be fair my whole life's been revolving around fitness and health so The qualification phase was fairly straightforward. It was just a case of getting it done and then transferring all the skills into actual reality, which is a whole different ball game. Yeah. But what got me there is I used to do office jobs. Um, I was an estate agent selling houses, um, which was always fun and games, dealing with a million pounds worth of someone else's money. (laughs) Always gonna be good. Uh, I then went into a sales and logistics management role for a car detailing company. yeah, pretty cool job, yeah. but I just found myself working 60 hours a week. Uh, my health was deteriorating and just miserable. And when you're doing a couple of hours of treatment a day, 10, 11, 12 hours work a day, there's no time to actually have a life. So I thought, start something up on my own, start a new business, start something healthier, give me a, a much healthier, more fun lifestyle. And uh, a year down the line, here we are. I
0: love that, you just made it happen. You're like, I'm, I'm done, I'm done with that other thing.
1: I'm it's gotta be done, gotta take control of it.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, so I've been cyber stalking you in <laughs> a healthy <laughs> interviewer kind of way, sorry. Um, but I wanna know more about your story with cystic fibrosis. Um, how long have you had it? Well, obviously since birth, right? So, yeah. okay. Um, <laughs> There's a post on your Instagram account of you in the ICU. um, And that was a pretty moving post to read. So could you just tell me a little bit more about that day? What got you there? What happened?
1: Yeah. So the one in intensive care is an unusual one. It was actually not something CF related. Oh, really? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's kind of the irony of it. If it happened to anyone else, You'd have had three or four days in hospital. You'd be recovered. You'd be fine. You'd be out the door, absolutely fine. Yeah. But uh, of course, it had to happen to me. It's a bit uh-huh. of fun and games. So I think I basically had a hole in my bowel system. Uh-huh. My lower intestine fell through it, twisted up and died. Yeah, a bit of a minor inconvenience.
0: Oh, dear <laughs> God! So your intestines died.
1: Yeah. So basically, they, they thought it was a blockage, which is very common in CF. Where you just get blockage in your intestines, where you okay. just basically Basically, can't go poop, which is uh, not not so pleasant. No, the hospital thought it was that, so they didn't weren't too keen to jump into any sort of action. they were like, yeah, it'll pass, it'll pass. So that was yeah. The Sunday night I had the uh, the pain. Mm. Sunday night got an ambulance to the hospital, thinking yeah, this isn't this isn't ideal. Uh and then I think it was Tuesday morning. No, it was Tuesday afternoon. They operated. So a couple of days of just them thinking it's going to pass, which it didn't. Tuesday, they operated, uh, told me it was going to be, two, or told my parents it's going to be a two, three hour surgery, it shouldn't be too complicated, cut me open, uh, this is a bit of an issue. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, uh, set, seven hours later, wow. they, uh, finally wrapped everything up, and I'm four meters of a lower intestine short.
0: <laughs> oh, wow, four meters.
1: Yeah, I think you're born with six meters from memory, and I have two left.
0: Jesus oh man so how long did recovery take for that like what
1: so recovery was an interesting one i had 10 days in intensive care wow um uh, one one of the days i think one of my lungs collapsed as well you know standard fun stuff as, as you do um and then i think i had another 18 days in an isolation unit uh before i was finally allowed to to go home But on the plus side, they made me birthday cake because it was my birthday, wasn't there. Oh, that was (laughs) free cake. Yeah, can't can't be all bad, can it? Free cake.
0: Right. Forget losing the majority of your intestines. (laughs) You got cake, so cake for life. That's all. (laughs) (laughs) That's all that matters. Um, Okay, so had nothing to do with cystic fibrosis.
1: (laughs) No, the CF just made it the, the recovery much worse and. The going, the general anaesthetics, really bad for our lungs, so it just made all of that, the whole process, just much more stressful on my body.
0: Yeah. Can you tell me more about cystic fibrosis? Because I think people kind of like they get that it's lungs, but beyond that, I don't think they really understand. So could you just tell a little bit about the disease?
1: Yeah, of course. So CF it primarily does affect your lungs, but it's also your digestive system, uh, your pancreas. So. Every time I eat, I have to have tablets, um, enzymes, which your pancreas creates. We just don't, or the majority of CF people don't create them. So we just have to have enzymes to help break down the fats, um, digestive system, things. Basically, a person with CF needs to eat between 10 and 100% more food than a regular person just because we don't extract the nutrients out of the food, which has its benefits if you're quite uh, fond of food, (laughs) which I happen to be. Yeah. But it can also be very hard work if you're trying to put on weight and all of a sudden you have to eat double what a regular person would have to eat. It's incredibly hard work. Yeah. Which is why if you search the hashtag CF or cystic fibrosis, sorry, you'll find people with feeding tubes just because they can't get the food in them. Wow. Um And you, you end up in a very downward spiral with pardon me um, if you end up on antibiotics you lose your appetite but you need to gain weight so you have it all just goes a bit a bit horrible but that's that's a different part of it but yeah the, the main the main part of CF is the lungs and basically we create more sticky mucus so everyone knows what mucus is um we just create uh your, your mucus will be much more watery based whereas ours just is a bit clumpy, a bit dark a bit greener just a bit, a bit more grim basically mm. um and that, that's pretty well the gist of it and it's just a case of we also have a slightly compromised immune systems just from being ill of, a lot basically and mm-hmm. um, most of the time i think i've got three chest infections currently What well, i say chest like i'm i'm completely fine i'll do absolutely everything but there is these little infections on my lungs that are constantly like eating away doing little bits of damage and creating more mucus okay. so it's I have antibiotics every single day um, just to keep them at bay rather than to eradicate them completely because that's, well, they've been there for years. So they're gotcha. kind, of, kind of colonized down there. They're just oh. chilling. <laughs> <laughs>
0: How nice of them.
1: Yeah, uh, delightful little buggers.
0: <laughs> um, so you do daily treatments, right? Like what does that look like? What does that entail?
1: Yep. So I do physiotherapy every single day. Okay. And I've also got a nebulizer. I've actually got it with me. So for the people that have got a uh, video, yeah. literally a little liquid goes in under here, goes in there, you put the little lid on and that then comes out as a mist, which you can breathe in and it's a hypertonic saline and it's basically salt water and the salt helps break down the mucus so that when you're doing the physiotherapy, you can move it a lot easier off your lungs and cough it up and basically get it off your lungs okay um that's the majority of my treatment to be fair I'm very lucky I don't do a huge amount mm-hmm. but that that said I'm also in the gym six seven times a week I mm-hmm. play hockey three or four times a week as much as possible so it's a case of
0: yeah
1: I might not do a lot of CF treatment as such but in reality I'm putting hours and hours and hours above what I should be doing or really? what I need to be doing just to stay where I am as such
0: And I've read that, so that exercise actually is something that they recommend for people Um, with cystic fibrosis. Okay. Why why is that? For like the heart, for just getting your lungs going or how? why?
1: Yeah. Finally, they've started pushing the exercise train, which is brilliant because more people need to be doing it. Yeah. So basically you want your airways to be open as much as possible. Uh, A lot of people get like um, plugs with CF. Um, So literally, you know, a standard electric plug, you plug it in the wall, job done whereas we get mucus that plugs the airways. Um, So once the airways get plugged up, they're pretty ineffective. So you just want to be keep You basically want to keep your lungs as open as possible. And by doing the exercise, that's what helps keep them as inflated and used and basically just stops them getting plugged up. Um, So that's why the exercise is brilliant. Plus it's your lungs work better. They're more efficient. Your heart's better. You're healthier. So if we do have infections, you're going to recover quicker. You're going to be, Fitter to fight them off. It there's just a never-ending list of benefits to why the exercise and being fit helps people with CF.
0: So you're in the absolute best job you could be in for what you have.
1: Yeah, it's taken me a while to get it, but I but yeah. I'm eventually.
0: Yeah. Um, so I it's funny because like I'll see you you're on your stories like in the hospital. And then like the next story, you're like lifting like hundreds of pounds or like doing all this crazy stuff in the gym. I'm like, well, how is he like, how is he doing that? But it makes a little bit more sense now.
1: Yeah, I I get, my problem is I get bored easy. So I I literally, um, I've I've not been in hospital since 2017. Okay. Uh, But I say that uh, literally I got out of hospital last week. Um, (laughs) So um, I basically, I had a midline put in my arm um, four days in hospital, um, they start the antibiotics there, I then move back home with my parents and they become my nurses. Okay. So they were giving me antibiotics, um, through this tube in my arm, really, really weird scenario. Don't give, don't give his <laughs> on that one. Okay. Don't give me the antibiotics. Um, and then basically it was only twice a day. So I was very fortunate. Usually when I'm in hospital, it's three, four, five times a day that you have antibiotics. But Where it's only twice a day. It's like eight o'clock and eight o'clock, eight o'clock in the morning, eight o'clock at night. So it enabled me to, I could still work, I could go to the gym, I could see friends, I could, I could have a lifestyle around it. Um, that was purely very lucky due to the antibiotics I was on, um, It's basically all the antibiotics that they need to be given at different times of the day. Um, some of them will need to be done four hours apart, six hours apart, 12 hours, hours apart, it all depends on which ones they are. But I was a very lucky little boy. <laughs> uh, I got the ones that needed 12 hours apart so I could, I could still work, still go to the gym and. To be fair, for my thought process was the more I can do physically, like exercise-wise with the gym, um, go for runs and all that jazz, the better it's going to be because my lungs will be more open and the antibiotics will be able to get more crap cleared. Basically, okay. so that was my thought process. Whether or not it works or not,
0: makes sense. I think yeah. it, it'll
1: work. <laughs> <laughs> it, it seems to have done all right. I'm I'm yeah. not sad with how the antibiotics have worked out. So.
0: Yeah. So, are you off the antibiotics now? You're
1: not? Yes. Yeah, okay. literally, I finished, went last Wednesday. So Yay. Nine days ago, thank God. Good. So weird. Nice back home.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I bet, I bet. Um, so, I'm going to shift our conversation a little bit Um, because the reason I saw out talking to you, obvi- well, yes, because you have a chronic illness, but also specifically because you are a man, because I was looking into... Sort of like I don't know why it just dawned on me all of a sudden that like like I've experienced I don't know issues with like identity and um, who I am as a woman and um, just all of that and then it just dawned on me that I bet men probably go through some of the same things but I'm not one and so um, I want to know more about it so I did some research and um, I ran into this issue. And it was that there are not many men who talk about it. Like you are pretty – you're a rare occurrence, I'd say, on social media. Like somebody who's like, I have I have cystic fibrosis. This is what I do with all the time. And like um, I'm just seeing that there aren't a lot of men talking about it. Um, and I've read some articles on how like a lot of them feel like it's emasculating to like admit that you have this illness. So um, – what are your ideas on this? I mean, am I completely way off? Did you go through any of those feelings? Do you see this happening? I don't
1: know. Um, for me, it's a tricky one. I like, so yeah. my, my things, like I struggled more of it with a kid as I have, uh, then. Sure. sure. Um, but that was partly because of my diagnosis. So basically I normally, if you're diagnosed in one and three months, Okay, I wasn't diagnosed till I was four. So um. as a four year old trying to do all these treatments, like you're put on a, <sighs> Yeah. Imagine like a block of cheese, know the little cheese wedges you've got. I've got like a, a miniature sofa-sized one of those that I used to have to lie on and have percussion. And as a four-year-old trying to get a kid to do that, I, I didn't understand it. I hated it and just raged mm. everywhere. Mm. A lot, a lot of anger in my little childhood. Yeah. Um, so as a kid, I never understood it, and I, it wasn't really until I was twenty-something that I actually started to take care of myself. I just, it just wasn't something I ever wanted to accept, and I think that was what a lot of men do is we just shovel things to the back of our minds and just carry on. Mm-hmm. Do as we're told, get it done treatment wise <laughs> and then move on. that seems to be the easiest way for us. But um, like there is loads of like mental issues that do uh, do come with it, I guess. I'm I'm a little bit fortunate. I've not I had some really, really bad times after the surgery. Basically I went from having a lung function of hundred and something percent, hundred and five, hundred and six percent or something. Um, to a lung function of 30 when I had my surgery wow, wow. So, yeah it was pretty pretty grim so all the all the work I'd put on in basically just got completely wasted I mean, don't get me wrong it's it gone back up but it's taken years and literally I mean, seven years later and I'm, I think I'm at seven seventy 70 something percent of 66 right. okay. percent it was last week okay so it's a lot of the issues are kind of more, more to to be with not dealing with the actual, the small issues and then we, we shelve everything and then it's things just build and build and build. I think men have a lot more depression in things with CF than women do. Really? And it's probably, that's probably not true as a, as a fact as such, but it's more, mm. there's like, we we all uh, see the, the the suicide stats on men and women, um, but men just don't talk about it. And then when it, when something yeah. does happen, it's brought to the spotlight rather than, the, he's, he's, as you, you were saying, there's not many men that talk about things on social media, mm-hmm. but um women are much more open with it. So when when a woman says something, it's people aren't so surprised. When a, whereas right. when a man says something, it's like, oh shit, take notice, sort of thing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that, that seems to be the, the the common gesture. But I mean, I've I've had I've been lucky. I've been really like I, it gets you down. Like you you always have the the what if? What would my life be like without it? Where would I be without it? There's loads of thoughts that that come with it but at the same time it's a case of yes it's crap it's things could be better things could be different but you can always things could always be worse mm-hmm. and I'm a I'm a big believer and I'm very lucky that I was pushed into I'm not pushing sport I, I'm very competitive I, I can't stand losing anything I'm really I'm such a sore loser I'm miserable um, but I've, I've had that since I was a kid so I was always playing sport playing sport playing sport playing sport and then as my lungs got worse, it was a case of, right, now I need to find a way to, to actively beat them. And it was a case of change the food, change the sport, change the how I'm exercising. So it's a case of rather than having a, a negative thought towards it, it's a case of you've got to make it positive and find ways to beat it rather than getting down about it. Yeah. And I think it's very easy to sit here and say that because um, I'm, I'm lucky enough to be able to spend an hour or two in the gym every day, and I'm fully aware. When I was in an office, that just physically wasn't possible. So I'm very aware that it's it's a bit of a luxury. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we all have to take responsibility, and not enough people do. I think mm-hmm. there's so many of people with illnesses of all sort. They just they want to feel sorry for themselves. They want to play the victim, mm-hmm. and as, as harsh as that sounds. Mm-hmm. No. That only makes the problem worse. Whereas it's, it's the classic case. Where if you've got a friend that you know they've said something stupid and you just can't be asked to deal with it, you don't want to speak to them because you know it's going to be awkward. But not speaking to them makes that problem so much worse when you do finally speak to them. It's the exact same with our illnesses. If you don't confront the problem, it's going to get worse and it's going to bite you in the arse so much more. So yes. it's, it's just a case of dealing with the issues head on. And I found that's the best way for me that any like struggles I've had mentally and physically that that's the way that I can kind of yeah get, get things better, I guess.
0: That is like what I respect so much about you and why you're someone I sought out. I don't just seek out anybody with chronic illness. I like, you can always tell when someone's living, like that's the whole point of this podcast, right? Chronically well, like people that are living well despite their illness. And um, so I guess if you could give advice on that, like what would you, like how do you hit it head on? Like what are some things that you do to really just deal with it?
1: Start small, never go big. Like don't get wrong, I have massive, massive goals, but they're not achievable next week, they're not achievable next month, they're achievable next year or two two years after. Start really small. Like for instance, when I got out of surgery, I had to walk with a walking stick. It was a case of learning to walk again, start, do the hundred meters, do 10 meters, do whatever it takes. If it's a case of you've got bad lungs, just because that's a tough subject I kind of know a little bit about, Yeah. Get, get to the gym or don't even, don't use a gym, just go for a walk. And once you start getting comfortable doing a 500 meter walk, speed it up, go for a faster walk, then start jogging and then build it into a run. Just really start small. And then, day by day you'll see slight progress 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 and it's it's not about going to the gym and benching 100 kilograms and thinking, jesus christ i smashed that because you will screw yourself over because you can't recover okay. so it's a case of making sure that you can do get the little goals pardon me make make some little exercise pro, programs start small and then you can make sure you're recovering as well because the last thing you want to do is have a massive, like, I, I don't know, it's, it's hard, I'm trying to, I've got so many things going in my little precious head. Right. <laughs> I love it all, I love
0: it all, take your time.
1: Yeah, for me, I, I, I like to, most of my things, I, I attack head on purely with exercise, just, just because my lungs don't work, mm-hmm. so I'm sure if you've got joint pain, muscular pain, then there's different ways of doing, like, doing things, so you can stretch or roll or something, and that will give you the same issues that my lungs have. But for me, it's a case of go for a little walk, go for a little job, go for a little run, build it all up, build it all up and make sure that it, if you say you were to go for a run, do like a 1K run, make sure you're recovering, doing your stretch and doing your rolling afterwards. Because the last thing you want is to do that run on a Monday and not be able to go for another run until Friday because right. you were in so much pain just from the doms or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But it's a case of making sure you're looking after yourself through the whole process. So from start to finish, it's not just about that one hour of exercise or that one hour of getting something done. It's about the whole day looking after yourself. And that's, that's for me, is the the one thing that people should, should kind of take home from anything useful, I might say.
0: <laughs> I like it. I like it. And I think it's sort of, it hits on that, the victimhood thing you were talking about. Like you're not a victim if you're you're taking your power back in small little incremental steps. That's cool
1: definitely definitely
0: um so is there any other advice like other than you know like start small any other advice like for the um sort of like the thoughts that go through your head and like the depression that might come up or just dealing with that so you i mean you have had this your entire life but I'm sure you've kind of gone through phases of dealing with these things and some people just suddenly get a diagnosis like what would you say how do you process through those thoughts and how do you come to the point where you're at where you're where you're in I mean you just got your intestines taken out and you're happy about cake like how do you get yourself there like is it something you can learn or is it just the way people are what do you think
1: um I think it's I think it's a case for appreciation You have to appreciate what you have had. Um, So say you're 20 years old and you just get diagnosed with, call it CF, it's it's not going to happen. It's very, very unlikely to happen. But you've had 20 years of enjoying everything, exactly how you want it, no problems. And now you've got to add treatment to your life or exercise more, stretch more, whatever it is, or eat differently, stop eating food. Diabetes, for example, that sort of thing. Yeah. It's a case of you've had an amazing run, don't ever forget that. But mm-hmm. now you want another twenty years that are going to be good. Mm-hmm. It's give yourself longevity, pro- protect your protect your own future basically. Don't don't shoot yourself in the foot. We've literally got one body. Why I'd, I've never understood why people are so happy to screw themselves over. It's like mm-hmm. there's people at the CF that smoke, and I I cannot. Wow. Believe I can it. Yeah. It, it's, it baffles me, but it's a case of if you do get diagnosed with something, yeah, I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's not shit because Man. it is. It, it sucks, but you've had X amount of years that have been brilliant, and now you've just got to got to got to kind of appreciate what you have had and think how much worse could things be? Like whenever you've you've caught it, hopefully you've caught things early or whatever it is, but it, things could always be worse, and it's a case of. Now life's just a little bit different, but it's not, it's not still crap. Like you can still enjoy yourself. Yes. It's just different. And it's, it used to, you see time after time, people say, Oh, I've got this. I don't know what to do with myself. I just don't want to do anything. It's like we're doing nothing to the worst. Mm. Cause all you're going to do is sit in and think about how crap things are. <laughs> right. Where it's a case of actually get out there and you can use it. Like use it to your advantage. Like I get to meet loads of cool people purely cause I've got a CF and it's like, right. That wouldn't happen to me if mm. I didn't, and it's yes, it's it's crap having CF, but it's you got to find the good things in life, ignore the negative stuff. As long as you're looking after yourself, do all the treatment, mm. and then get on, but get on with life. I think, mm. but stop, don't worry so much. Just get shit done and enjoy it. That's that's for me, like the big thing, because too many people are so wound up on playing the victim, and it's okay. So yes, it's crap, but what does telling the world how crap it is change? <laughs> absolutely nothing. We pull your finger and make things better. No one else, no one's going to make things better for us. We have to do it ourselves. Mm. And the more people that realize that, the better. Mm-hmm. We live in such a, an instant generation where people want everything now. They want to be healthier. They want to be fitter. They want to be everything now. It's a case of, well, no, that's not, that's not possible, especially with illnesses. We have to look after ourselves. Things do take longer. We aren't necessarily going to get to the absolute peak performance of fitness or whatever it is you're trying to do. You might not be able to do that, but pick, things that's pick, goal, pick, yeah, sorry, pick goals that are achievable
0: mm-hmm. and make
1: them happen. And what you'll find is people give you even more recognition because of what you've got and you're still doing that rather than, oh, it's okay, don't you worry, it's okay. Mm. I think for me, the... That's something I hate the most is mm-hmm. when people give you sympathy. It's like, oh, I don't want sympathy, I am not to get back in your little box and yeah. treat me like a normal person. Yes. I'm, I'm not any different. I just have to do extra stuff. It doesn't, right. doesn't change things. So it's a case of if you have been diagnosed with something, appreciate what you have had. It's been a good run, mm-hmm. but now things are a little bit different. Don't wallow. Just get on with it. Yeah. Make things better. The longer you sit there thinking, oh, my God, this is dreadful. The, the worst things are going to be just pull your finger out and make things better for yourself
0: I love that I love that and don't you think I don't know I think people that have to deal with illness would just appreciate the good things a lot more like you don't take things for granted the good things that happen you're just like sweet this is great
1: <laughs> definitely definitely things are so much better yep. I, um I so basically 90% of the year I can't smell or taste very much at all and whenever I have antibiotics for like the next two to three weeks, I can taste really well yes. and I can smell things. So at the minute, any like I'm eating bad food that I really shouldn't be eating <laughs> just because I can taste them. I'm like, yeah. give it to me. I'm having it all the whole lot. And it's, it's not doing my chest any favors, but it's making my head feel a whole lot happier. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think that's worth it. I think that's worth it. I I couldn't have chocolate for two years. So now it's like,
1: yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm with you there. Enjoy the chocolate where you I can.
0: Love the chocolate. Yeah. Um, okay, so da, 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 da. let me see which question we go to. Uh, what patterns do you, you do? Do you think people need to change in order to make the most of their physical or mental health journey? Like, what sort of patterns do you see that kind of hold people up? Maybe, maybe what you already said.
1: Yes, yeah, so I think I think it is more. I've probably touched on most things already. And that okay, was, but It's okay. it, probably a case of just stop feeling sorry for yourselves. Mm-hmm no one is going to change it just instead of saying i'll do it on monday we have there's a lot of that that i notice in the illness community as such where people i'm going to start this next week i'm going to do this next week Mm -hmm. just do it now Mm -hmm. don't stop and don't look for shortcuts so much people so many people looking for shortcuts there is no such thing as a shortcut there's no substitute for hard work stop looking and start working
0: Love it. You're such a coach, <laughs> you're <in laughs> everything you're saying. Um, so let's see, tell me a little bit more about George, the brand, because you've got like your uh, website that you've launched. What is the mission there? Who are you trying to reach? Um, and what kind of does your online coaching entail?
1: Got it, Yeah. So basically I've, I started the one-to-one coaching because I, I genuinely, it makes me happy seeing that I've been able to turn my life around with my food and my fitness and changing everything. Mm-hmm. And I want to be able to bring that to friends and family and people that I. I just want to help as many people as I can. Change not just their physical appearance, but it's the mentality as well. You can change someone's confidence and the way they in, treat their entire life and their lifestyles as well, just by getting them in the gym a little bit and talking some sense into people. Like you can change how people eat, and it can change their entire energy. Because I've got clients that have had like they live off sugar effectively. And their energy just goes up and down, up and down, up and down. But you change it to giving them proper foods, like real meat, vegetables, proper, normal food. food. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, they're like, I've got so much more energy. I was like, well, I know. (laughs) That's kind of what happens when you eat properly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Unbelievable. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to help as many people transform their lives and become healthier. But not just healthier, I want them to be happier as well. And as well, looking good and getting strong as a, as a byproduct of all of just putting the hard work in to change the lifestyles as such. And the online coaching is basically a way for me because with people with systemic abuses, we can never meet each other purely because of the cross infection. So, um, say for instance, there's 20 chest infections you can get. Yeah. I've got three of them. I, I'm just making bullpup numbers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. okay.
0: Yeah. I was like, that's a lot. <laughs> okay.
1: it's, like, it's, 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 it's probably more than 20. But <laughs> call it 20 say okay. i've got three of them okay you've got a different three okay um because we have got compromised immune systems and we if we were to meet we run the risk of picking up another one two or even three so it's not it's just a dangerous game to be playing so mm. i can never meet another person with cf or uh, i say they mm. You should never actively meet people with cf
0: really oh i didn't um, know that
1: yeah it's um, so there's a movie coming out at the minute, Five Feet Apart. Um, that's basically a love story about two people with CF that oh. have to stay five feet apart. Basically,
0: that's so sad.
1: Yeah, to be it's it's pretty pretty brutal. But yeah. um, I've I've not seen the movie yet, so I'm looking forward to seeing it. But it's yeah, it's it's a re- to be that's probably one of the hardest things of CF because the people that you share most in common with you can never see, oh. and that's yeah, it's kind of a kind of a tricky one but that's also part of the reason I've set up the online coaching because okay. I can never see them. I still want to, I want to be able to help them. Oh, I, know I
0: love what... it. I love that. Sorry. Keep going.
1: <laughs> no, you're good. Um, yeah, I know what's worked for my body. And if, if, if what I've done works for me, then surely across the wide board, there's ways that we can implement things to help everyone else. And yeah. it's not just people with CF. I get, I get people with all sorts of uh, illnesses messaging me saying, oh, I know you've got CF, but can you help me? This is what I've got. This is what I can do. This is what I need to do. This is what I want to do. And it's, it's a case of I might not know anything at all about what you've got, but like, I can find out, I can learn, I can research, We can talk. There's loads of ways about things. And the online is just a way for me to branch out and help more people throughout, not even not even just the UK, like the world. It's cool. Or got clients in America and it's just like, this is so weird, but it's so cool. Because without the internet and without having that online base, it's not something that's ever achievable. And if I was just doing one to one PT, and I don't think it's that cost effective for people to fly to England for an hour session and then fly back home. Right. <laughs> so the online platform for me is just a way of branching out and helping more people get to where they want to be physically and mentally.
0: Wow, that makes so much sense. I've I've never seen the function of online coaching more appropriate. That's. That's awesome. All right. Aside from squats and leg lifts, what gets you going? What are some things you like to do?
1: So I actually play ice and roller hockey. Ah. That's, kind of, that's my little downtime. I don't, I don't sign for a team, so I'm not playing properly. Um, but it's just, I go and train. I play, I have time with the mates, just a time where I'm not coaching, time where I'm not working. My phone's in the bag. It's just complete nice. downtime. Yeah. Ironically, it's still, it's probably harder work than in the gym, but it's, it's great for my lungs. It's great for my head. It's just fun. It's a bit of a nice sport, and it's just yeah, it's nice, nice bit of time away.
0: Sweet, cool. Um, all right. What's the most obnoxious stereotype that Americans have of? Okay, so is it Brits, British, English? What do I say?
1: I'd, I'd go. I'd go with Brits. Brits. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we are British, but we're Brits, and we're all fine. Brits, all games. Okay.
0: So what's our most obnoxious stereotype of you?
1: Teas tea and scones. Always. <laughs> Always. I mean, I love a good scone. can tea.
0: <laughs> You're a coffee drinker. I've seen that from your Instagram. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. Love me a nice little black coffee.
0: <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. Um, so, we're, Sorry, everyone. I didn't tell you. We're jumping into rapid fire questions to wrap up the interview. But um, So someone's giving you a free trip tomorrow. Where would you go?
1: Oh, easy. Well, as I say, easy anywhere on a desert island where there's a hammock, music, and an unlimited supply of food and cocktails.
0: I feel, yeah. I feel yeah, on that one. Um, favorite exercise?
1: I'm favorite. gonna go single single leg press at the minute.
0: Okay. Yeah. All right.
1: <laughs> it's a weird one. It's brutal. It's unnecessary. Yeah, but it, it works. looks it's terrible. Great.
0: I can't say I've ever done one.
1: So. <laughs> I think it that way. It's, it's definitely best to not okay. do it. Horrible.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, your least favorite. Squats. Oh. I've
1: got really tight hip flexors and my body just hurts every time I try them. Mm.
0: I don't like them either. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't like any exercising. Um, one food uh, that, okay, so one food suddenly is good for you that is currently terrible for you. What would you pick?
1: Cheese. All day long, my body absolutely reacts horrendously to cheese. So mm-hmm. that. I, I used to eat 2,000 calories of cheese a day easily. <laughs> uh, that was my how to maintain weight as a kid growing Just,
0: like, up. have a wheel of it? That you
1: would... I, used to, I used to eat a block a day no <laughs> bad, without batting on it.
0: That's amazing. Well, maybe they'll find a way to make it healthy for us. Fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> um, your current mantra?
1: Uh, 1% better every single day. That's what I am for either it's 1% fitness, exercise, weights in the gym. If you're making 1% progress every day for the next 10 days, everything's going to get better and better and better.
0: Love it. Uh, music you can't live without.
1: I'm a weird one. I'll listen to any music. You anything. don't listen to music and you exercise all the time? Oh, no, I, I'll listen to any music. I literally, oh, I just... any. You, I thought they, you said Gotcha. No, no, no. God knows I, I have headphones in every session. Okay. I, I just literally put it on like... Sharp music, don't care, not bothered, anything. Anything, anything. Country
0: yeah. music, you're cool with country? Yeah, it doesn't bother me.
1: Yeah. Not opera and heavy rock, that, that's a bit too much for me, but anything yeah. else.
0: Well, you're a you're a they they gave me cake kind of guy, so you're good with any music too. That makes sense. Pretty well. Uh, <laughs> a beach or mountains? Uh,
1: I know this. I don't know, It's tricky one. Oh, really?
0: Oh, I thought you were going to say beach for sure because of the desert island.
1: I do. I love skiing and snowboarding though. Oh, okay. and it's really, really clear air up there. So when you get, when you've got crap lungs, it feels nice. Yeah. But it's cold. I'll all be kind.
0: Okay. I was going to say, I'll let you pick both if you want to. But, okay. <laughs> um, all right. You have five minutes to live. What do you do? What do you say? Who do you call?
1: Uh, order an extra large bacon double cheeseburger. <laughs> 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 Got to, got to go out with a bang, have a Nice bit of <laughs> yeah, food. I like that. And got to call the parents. Go see the parents. Aww. It'll be nice. Yeah. And probably go for a nice little skate, music, chill, relax. If it's all going tits up, go enjoy it. Why not? Right,
0: right. love it. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, so those are all the questions I have for you today, George. But I want everyone to be able to find you. Um, and can they? The coaching that you have. Offered online, are can they enroll in that now?
1: Yeah, yeah definitely. Okay. So I've still got spaces. I'm going to cap it at 25 clients, but I'm not anywhere near that at the moment. Okay. Um, purely because I've just up up to how many I was going to take on. So mm-hmm. there is still spaces for my online coaching. Um, best base, best place, sorry, to contact me is at my Instagram. It's G18Evans. Just slide on into DMs. Um, they are, that is where you most likely get a reply. Purely because. Uh, the website is being built at the at the moment, so it's just a holding website, just with little contact me details. But it's much easier to have a conversation, find out more about yourselves, and see where things go.
0: Cool, cool. All right. Well, thank you so much for talking with us today. I it was really good to get your perspective. I love
1: that one percent. One
0: wait, what was the mantra again?
1: One percent every day.
0: One percent every day. All right.
1: Thank you so much, George more than welcome it's been lovely thank you for having me
0: yes yes my pleasure thank you so much for listening to this interview today if you are new to the chronically well podcast or even if you've been around a while and you haven't um please be sure to go ahead and check out the other episodes that are available on itunes or wherever you are listening Also, if you have not rated or given a review, that would be so helpful because that will help this podcast become more visible and that means more people will be able to hear it who need to. Also, I have included in the show notes today a way for you to donate to the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. So head on over there if you would like to help out. With that, uh, I also recommend, if you have not seen the movie Five Feet Apart, I recently watched it, and I definitely think it's worth a watch. You will become so much more aware of what this disease can entail, and it's a really sweet, sad love story. So, thanks to George for being on the episode today, and thank you all for listening. Until next time... Let's live chronically well.